Hi everyone and thank you for joining me on the Leadership Podcast. Uh, today we, uh, I said we because I have a guest <laughs> with me and we'll be looking at something that is very important. But before we get into that, I have my good friend Eric Kessner here, uh, founder of Faith Driven uh, Entrepreneurs. Henry, you're welcome. Uh, thank you. To the podcast. Pastor Gadman, it's great to be with you. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's always a pleasure to hang around you. you uh, your presence is inspirational. Thank you. That's a great encouragement coming from you. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. great to be with you and too. And I love, I love what you do uh, in the enterprise development space. Yeah. Being an entrepreneur yourself, and as you've involved into also being an investor. Uh, but today we want to discuss around uh, the the life of a business leader and entrepreneur yeah. uh, from the point of view of uh, being faith driven, yeah, which is an area of passion for you. Indeed, yeah. So, how do you lead a business, uh, run an enterprise, uh, and you're faith driven? What are the challenges or the opportunities? Uh, that this this passion and this direction because you, you can run a business without putting faith ahead of you without yeah, you yeah. know you just want to make money and yeah. be good and you know give to charity do whatever yeah. you don't have to be a fit person yeah. to do that but if you want to be a fit driven entrepreneur it definitely will come with certain challenges uh, but also some opportunities Indeed. can we start yeah. with the challenges sure all the challenges um, yeah, I think that there are some challenges to being a faith-driven entrepreneur. Maybe it's not as clear-cut for somebody who wants to run their business driven by their faith. There might even be this a, a simplicity to, look, all I'm here to do is to make money and I'm just not going to worry about anything else like that. I'm just going to focus on that one thing. I'm going to buy low and I'm going to sell high. You know, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to hustle out in the marketplace. I'm going to make, keep things really, really complicated because business is complicated enough for me to have to figure out how to be faith driven. Gosh, that's, that's just too much for me to kind of navigate. How do I take what I've heard on Sunday or what I'm hearing in the Bible every day and actually internalize that and apply that to business? Too hard to do. I, it, it, if I try to do that, that means that I'm trying to do that and run business. That's too many things. And all the other people in the marketplace I'm competing with only have one bottom line. And so that's too complicated for me. So to be truthful, there is a challenge there. We do need to understand how God is at work in our lives, in our communities, in our businesses, in the marketplace. We do have to take that time and it takes extra time. Now, as you might imagine, bringing a guest on your platform and your program, talking about faith-driven entrepreneurship, I think it's the right way to do it. And I think it's the way to go much, much further with much more success, peace, and joy, and communion with God. And I think it's the only way to do it. But let's just acknowledge the fact that for people who get started, they may feel that this is an obstacle and it's not as clear cut as it could be. And so therefore they might otherwise go ahead and say, I'm just, I'm just not gonna wade into that. I think that would be a great tragedy but let's acknowledge that up front. Yeah, I agree with you perfectly mm -hmm. uh, that being faith-driven yeah. is challenging. Yeah. Running a business on its own is challenging enough. Yeah. Yeah. Having to uh, drive it with 
the tenets of your faith and your values, then it would definitely be more challenging. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you perfectly. But let's take it a little further. Sure. Generally speaking, entrepreneurs face a hard time trying to, I mean, they face a lot of uh, challenges yeah. trying to grow a business. Yeah. Uh, where would the challenges be complicated when it becomes faith-driven? Well, when it becomes faith-driven, then um, we don't have to worry about um, the product or service we're making and how it participates in the work that God is doing in the world. Is this restorative? Is this a part of God returning the marketplace to the Garden of Eden? Or is it a part of bringing about the new Jerusalem? Is it a part of about bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven? Uh, somebody who's not driven by their faith doesn't need to be concerned about such things. They can be just like, I want to make a widget and I want to sell it. That's what I'm doing here. And I want to do it really, really well. And I want to do it better than my competitor. A faith-driven entrepreneur has so much more at stake. There's so much more complexity. There's so much more beauty. There's so much more nuance. There's so much just technicolor aspect to what they're doing. But it is a little less black and white. That's, 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 that's quite interesting. Um, what I'm hearing from you is that there, there are the highs and the lows when it comes to being faith-driven because of the challenge of alignment. Aligning your decision on, on uh, product development, on how you market, on which market you focus on, and how, uh, what you do with your profit and all that. Everything yeah. has to be faith-driven. Yeah. And it, it has attendant challenges. But let, 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 let me take it personal right now. Yeah. In your own enterprise development journey. Yes. And, um, in the the, the, the the companies that you've had the privilege of, of, of building. Yeah. Uh, now I know you don't run those organizations directly again. You've transitioned, but whilst you run those organizations, uh, whilst you were running them and you were faith-driven, yes. can you remember a few challenges that are posed to you? Oh gosh, there's so many challenges. There are challenges all over the place. And there's a challenge when you're faith-driven if you think about a child that's going out there and, and working on assignment, they're going to be able to do things much more efficiently if they don't have to keep on coming back to the teacher and getting instructions. And so the same happens for me as an entrepreneur. If, if, I, if I can go ahead and just do what seems to be the, make the most sense for me at the time without having to consult God or to consult a circle of godly friends, I'm going to be much more efficient and making decisions and getting things done over the short term. We don't have to go that much further than the Bible, of course, to know that there have been times when that doesn't work. The good kings of Judah and Second Chronicles didn't seek God before making important decisions and it didn't go well for them. And so I tend with time, and I've I learned some of this mistake, I'm gonna answer your question here in a second. With time, I came to understand that the better way to go in a way that would be sustainable and bring me joy and be the right thing would be to seek God out, which effectively is being faith-driven. Heavenly Father, how would you have me execute the opportunities that you place in front of me today? Asking God takes some extra time. That's right. Understanding, being down on our knees, praying to God takes extra time. 
listening to sermons, going to church and understanding how that message applies to what you're going through in your work right at that particular time, take some time. But that helps you to overcome some of the other challenges. And I'll give you some example. I can think of two different, uh, two different challenges that I believe were brought my, our way at bandwidth. One of them was self-inflicted and one of those was brought by God. The first one was one that was self-inflicted. We were two and a half years in Pastor Godman and we had had some success to reinforce in our business and we thought we needed to raise money to grow the business. That seemed to make the most sense for us. We wanted to make the decision. We knew some people that could make some connections for us. We made some phone calls. We set up some meetings. And over the next two and a half years, we went out and had more than 200 meetings with 40 different venture capitalists. In some cases, we'd meet with multiple partners. We'd have six or seven meetings with the same firm and we never raised money. We were 0 for 40, we were 0 for 40 in venture fundraisers. Now, we were a Christian, we'd pray before we go into that meeting, God, God please allow us to come out with a, a term sheet with millions of dollars in it. But you know what? We were never praying and fasting about whether we should be raising money to begin with. Mm. And so we end up going 0 for 40 for a challenge that was self-inflicted. I believe if we prayed and fasted about whether we should be raising money or not, I think that God would have answered that prayer. Well, should we go off to work? Should we not go off to work? God answers those prayers when we seek Him out. In this case, we didn't. That was a challenge that we caused for ourselves that we had to overcome because of our own sinfulness and our own pride. I'll give you another example of another challenge in a little bit of a different way. I think about a I think about early in, early in the business, maybe a couple of years in, when we were at a cash low point in the business. Now, we had started our business off with the, the foundational values of faith first, then family, then work, and then fitness. And we were in the telecom world. At that time, the largest consumer of internet access by far was the adult entertainment business, the bad guys. So we told everybody around our company, of course, that we weren't going to service them. We weren't going to sell internet circuits to those people. So. A deal came in, uh, it was a very large circuit, would have been very lucrative for us. Mm. And it came in, I remember when it closed. But as we went ahead to provision it, we found out that the holding company in whose name it was done was actually a holding company for the bad guys. So we had an ethical decision, we had a challenge that I believe that God put in front of us. And in that challenge, we didn't have was, do we install the circuit or not? We knew that we couldn't install the circuit because we're, we're driven by our faith. But the question we had, the challenge we had is, what do we do about the sales rep? The sales rep had worked like six weeks on the deal, worked very, very hard. Their family was counting on the deal closing and they had done everything we had trained them to do. And so at a point in time where we had the least amount of cash in the company, we paid the biggest commission check we'd ever paid because we felt that it was the right thing to do and that that was what God was leading us to do. Now, this doesn't always happen for every, uh, every entrepreneur, but in this case, after we made that very hard decision, that challenge that was put in our midst, because I'll tell you, most secular businesses, all secular businesses would have been happy to take the cash right away yep. from, the, from the adult entertainment business. Hmm. We felt we couldn't, but I'll tell you that I believe that God used that moment, that hard decision to bless the company. And from that point on, for the next four years, we're the, I'm sorry, for the next five years, we were the fourth fastest growing privately held company in the country. Now, does that mean every time we make a hard decision that God's gonna give us a 
abundant riches right then and there? No, it does not. Yep. And yet I do think that those in that instance, those that connection, that challenge that God put in front of us did match up with blessing in that particular circumstance. So to, just to recap, two, you asked me about challenges, two challenges. One challenge was self-inflicted. Mm. Entrepreneurs tend to be very, very willful rather than faithful. It was mm. a self-inflicted challenge. The second one was something that had been put out there. Was that a temptation? Was that something, a trap that the devil had? Was it the deceitfulness of riches? I don't know what it was, but nonetheless, it was a challenge for a faith-driven entrepreneur and through the grace of God, we got through it. Wow. Now, those, those are very, very good and practical examples. Uh, and I love the fact that uh, it ended up as a testament to the fact that when you follow God, He would always make a way. Yeah. And when you refuse to compromise your, you know, your values, uh, God showed up. But sometimes it doesn't happen as fast. Like you said, it doesn't mean all the times will happen like that. Sometimes it is a, it's a trial of your faith and uh, it looks like God does not respond immediately. Yeah. Though you have let go of an opportunity because it doesn't align with your values, some people think God must knock their door the following morning and say, well done, my son. You let go of that opportunity yesterday because it doesn't have align with my values, so I'm going to reward you today. That reward may not come immediately. That's right. And that's still part of how we grow in our faith. Indeed. When we continue yes. to follow God, even when we have paid a huge price and sacrifice, but we, we don't have anything to show for it yet. Yes. Right. So, but let, let's look at the opportunities. Yes. Um, I'm excited anytime I think about what a faith-driven entrepreneur uh, may be seeing. The opportunities, you know, to be a blessing, the opportunity to change certain things, uh, especially to bring the kingdom of God into how things are done. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, pray in this manner, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, said yeah. your kingdom come, yeah. your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. I believe at the front, forefront of bringing the kingdom of God to earth, Yes. A faith-driven entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah. We'll bring the kingdom of God into the marketplace and the possibilities that heaven has seen. Yes. That our world is here to capture, to yes. bring it into the marketplace. Yes. I think that's one, uh, one huge opportunity that awaits any faith-driven entrepreneur. Uh, do you want to speak to that a bit? Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're speaking to the thing that animates my life in our ministry, no doubt about it. And that is that faith-driven entrepreneurs have been called to create. We're creating the image of a God who works six out of seven days. And according to the Gospel of John, his work continues to this day. And absolutely, when we think about the role of faith-driven entrepreneurs, it is about God's kingdom coming about on earth as it is in heaven. It's what we pray for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes business owners don't understand that what we pray for, we get an an opportunity, an active opportunity to participate in that. Yeah. And for pastors amongst us, we have an opportunity to catalyze people in our congregations to help them understand that holy ambition they have about bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And what happens whenever we see what's broken in society. Before we went live uh, today, we spent some time with some entrepreneurs that are solving problems that look out and see disjointed workers that don't have access to health care or don't have access to insurance or don't have access to 
many of the basic needs that they have to be able to have flourishing families. And a faithful entrepreneur says, that's not the way it should be. It should be different. God's kingdom coming about on earth as it is in heaven. God is using his faith-driven entrepreneurs to fix what is wrong in society under his power and for his glory. Thank you very much, Harry. Um, as we start to wind down, uh, I want you to uh, speak to uh, a business leader, an entrepreneur listening to us or watching this. Yeah. How do you nourish your faith as a faith-driven entrepreneur? Because I, I believe, you know, like the scripture says, the spirit of a man will sustain him in trouble. Yeah. But a broken spirit who can bear. How do you mm. nourish your faith? That's uh, a great question. Yeah. We have a discipleship group that gets together regularly in Palo Alto, California. It's called the Inklings. And every time I have a speaker speak, I ask them to share something that they wish they knew when they're 30. And I say that because most of the people who come and speak uh, have achieved tremendous success. And a lot of times they're not relatable. But there was one guy who came in one day and talked about this uh, answer to your question, uh, which is how I nourish myself. And he talked about the powerful force that he wished he knew when he were 30 years old. He says, Albert Einstein says that the most powerful force in the world is that of compounded interest. He said, I wish I knew that as it pertained to the spiritual disciplines. So what does that mean? And this is how I nourish myself to answer your question. It's spending time in God's word daily. I do the Bible in one year, a year app by Nikki Gumbel, which I think is fantastic. It's time on my knees. There's prayer. It is uh, fasting on occasion when I'm making really important decisions. And then the fourth one, and I think this is one that the body of Christ misses way too often, but I think it's a spiritual discipline. And as we look back at the history of revivals, those that have happened earlier this year in 2023 and over the past century, we see one thing in common, and that is the confession of sins. If we're to approach the mountain, as Psalm 24 tells us, we need to do that with a pure heart and clean hands. That happens when we confess our sin to one another. If I don't confess my sin to somebody else, I can't be refreshed. I can't approach the mountain. I'm overcome by guilt. Now we know, of course, that Jesus has died to, to reconcile us with God. And yet scripture tell, still tells us, of course, the importance of confessing our sins to one another. So the times of spiritual nourishment have increased in my life as I've started bringing in that discipline of regularly confessing my sin to my great friends. That's how I get nourished. Together with God's word, uh, prayer, um, worship. We've been designed for worship. So many passages in worship. I tell you, it took me forever to realize actually it's really important that I actually sing the songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's powerful. You know, many people think um, that uh, as you progress in your life, as you grow, uh, as, as, as a person, whether in business or otherwise, uh, there's some things that you just, you just uh, can walk away from or you can do without. Yeah. Yeah. Like people prefer to say, I'm a Christian, I'm in the marketplace, I'm a business guy and all. So things like, Singing, I don't do singing. I just, you know, uh, I just pray and I just, you know, move on. Or I don't even have time to pray. Uh, I just trust that God will continue to lead me or guide me. Mm. And uh, what they don't know is that 
Uh, it's what you pay attention to that grows. Yes. So if you pay attention to your spiritual life and your spiritual experience, then it grows. Yeah. Uh, if you don't pay attention to it, it doesn't grow. Indeed. And yeah. you just don't have that strength to be able to pull through certain situations that require as you to certain situations that require you to lean in your spirit, lean on your spirit to be able to push through. Yes. Uh, uh, and I think uh, somebody must have been able to get something out of this. Henry, as we wrap this up, uh, I just want you in one minute. Yeah. Uh, your most important thought about partnership. A partnership? Yes. Oh my goodness, I love partnership. I would have been completely sunk. I would have been nothing in business without partnership. If you look in the New Testament, there are not a lot of times when people get sent out by ones. I can only think of one, Judas going off by himself on a mission, and that didn't go well. Mm. Jesus sent two disciples out to get a donkey, grown men out to just get a donkey. <laughs> Jesus sends us out in twos. We're created to be in partnership. We understand that, that strands together are meant to be. We understand that iron sharpens iron, which makes a better finished product. And now it can be with some amount of conflict, with some sparks on from time to time. But, but as they're both focused on God, it's a powerful force. And in my life, I'd be lost without a partner. In each case, I, the other day, I, I just to divert for just one second. The other day I was asked, what does it look like for you when times are just so difficult and you just wanted to quit? What was that like for you? And I had to think for a second. And my response was, that's actually never happened to me. It's not because I'm necessarily all that special, but it's because I've had a partner. Mm. In each case, when things were really difficult, I had somebody else that was in it with me. And to, to leave an abandoned ship with that partner never, never crossed my mind. Mm. Pray for a partner. Mm. So one would chase a thousand and two, ten thousand. Yes. Yeah. And if a, a man falls, uh, and he's alone, there will be nobody to lift him up, like the scripture says, but it's a war unto him yep. who is alone. That's why I do these things with a pastor who can cite the pastoral reference, the scriptural reference. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, my, my worldview is always scripture. So well, even when it's you It's the think, best worldview to have. Yes, yes. So everything goes through the lenses of the scriptures. Good. But I, I just love, you know, what you said about partnership, uh, that that's life yeah. as in life is of a partnership yeah yeah and uh, if all through the scriptures the only person that just went on his own uh yes. you know got it wrong uh, it, 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 it didn't end well uh, anyone that wants to end well must always ask god who should partner with me yes on this venture because i want it to end well and i'm so glad i didn't do this episode on my own but I had a great partner. Thank you for doing this with me. <laughs> I should say thank you for doing this with me. Thank you, Henry. It's always a pleasure to have you in Lagos, Nigeria. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to having you back in Lagos soon so we can me do too. this. And me someday, too. And someday, we're going to, to San do, Francisco. We're going to do this in San Francisco. I like that yes. very much. <laughs> uh, uh, please shout out to, to, to Henry, however you want to do it. Put a comment if you, if you enjoy you know, listening to Henry today. Uh, Henry, again, thank you very much uh, for all you do, faith-driven entrepreneurs, faith-driven investors, sovereign capital, everything that you do to be a blessing to our world and for being an exemplary family man as well, because I must mention uh, to my listeners that on this trip, yeah, uh, you have you, you have uh, Joe and Ben. 
That's right. Yeah, two the, oldest sons. Two older sons with yeah. you on this trip, yeah. and that's just to show how much of a family man you have for being able to travel uh, with with your sons and you just tour Africa with your sons. Uh, thank, thank you, you for, for exposing them uh, to Africa and bringing them to be a blessing. Uh, so I hope this has been a blessing to you. I uh, I want you to think about how you are going to take uh, your sense of stewardship in whatever God has put in your hand, whether it's a business or you're on a career path to the next level. Today, we're focused on how to be faith-driven in, in your uh, uh, entrepreneurial leanings, but it doesn't stop at that. It, 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 you know, it transcends into, even if you're on a career path, you can't be a faith-driven banker, a faith-driven engineer uh, who works in construction, a faith-driven uh, you know, stay-at-home mom, whatever you do, a faith-driven teacher, in that school or that college where you teach. Uh, and it's the same principle. Uh, the fact that you must expect that God will use you where you are. You must live out the, the values of the kingdom of God and it will come with its attendant challenges that you must be willing to receive grace from God to surmount. And it's as you do that, that God is glorified in your life. And then you hear what Henry said about how he nourishes his soul. Everything uh, that we engage in it will deplete us spiritually and emotionally, but you can always nourish your soul because God wants you uh, to succeed. God wants you to go at it for the long haul uh, and finish strong, finish well. Uh, until I come your way again, uh, I know that you're growing, you're moving forward, and your leadership journey is on the right trajectory. So what this again, listen to this again, share with someone and get, get on the older episodes I know it will nourish your soul. God bless you and enjoy uh, whatever God has put in your hand to do. Bye for now.